Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. All right, to introduce today's message, I'm going to ask the question, if someone offers you something for free, what's your first thought? What's your first thought? What's wrong with it? What's the catch? Right? What's the hook? What are you going to ask me to do for you? Because if something seems too good to be true, it probably is, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of how we feel, you know? So um, we want to do an outreach coming up. Um, we, we would love to do a free car wash, but uh, what happens is if you offer a free car wash, you ever been to those? They're fundraisers. How can a free car wash be a fundraiser? But everybody knows if you go to a f- free car wash, there's going to be a donations bucket or something like that, and it's going to end up costing you a hundred bucks. No, maybe not that much, but you know, it might end up costing you some money. So we're actually doing an outreach called a dollar car wash. And, uh, and we do that. We call it a dollar car wash because people know there's nothing in this world that's really free. I mean, so they're more likely to come to it knowing that it's only going to cost them a dollar. Now, the thing is, what happens at the end, we'll wash their car, drive their car, and as they're getting ready to leave, I'll walk up, or Matt LaFree will walk up, and we'll have like a money belt, and they'll roll down their window, and as they're getting ready to off, give us a dollar, or maybe five dollars if we did a good job or something, we'll hand them a dollar. And they go, what? Well, we said it was a dollar car wash, and so here you go. And they're like, what? why are you doing that? I've seen this, I've done this before, and I've seen their faces get all twisted because they don't know what's going on. And uh, we'll say, well... We just want you to know that the love of God is free. And uh, so that's why we do this free car wash, basically. And, uh, and so it's an evangelistic tool that we're going to do here at the church. And I'm super excited about that. That's at the end of the month, by the way. You can sign up for that. But when we see something for free, we normally question their motive. It's pretty normal to question their motive have you ever uh, signed up for one of those free vacations? You ever did that? That's a mistake. Don't ever do that. I mean, all you have to do is sit through just an hour-long timeshare presentation, and you'll have a free vacation. And it's awful. I've read stories. I was reading this week that they were told they only had to stay for an hour, and they were held in this room for like eight hours with high-pressure salespeople trying to sell them uh, a timeshare. But it's because of these kinds of things that we question people's motives. We question their motives. Motives really matter, don't they? If we think about it, motives matter. So if you had someone be really nice to you for no reason, you think, okay, what did you do wrong? (laughs) Uh, What do you need from me? I mean, it's those kinds of things. So motives really matter. Because we can do the nicest thing for the wrongest reasons, and it messes everything up, right? I mean, motives really matter. So in Scripture, we are called to do good things. That's one of the things that we're called to do. But our motives actually really make a difference to God. 
They really make a difference to God. And so today we're going to be talking about motives. We're going to be talking about why we do the things that we do. Uh, we're in a series called Counterculture, the sermon that changed everything. And we'll be in Matthew chapter 6. So this message series is on Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. And it's, the, the, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. And it was Jesus' first sermon. And uh, in this sermon, Jesus calls out uh, all the things that they were doing, all the religious people, what they were doing, and just says, this isn't right. This isn't right. Jesus understood motives. Jesus could read people's minds and hearts, and so he understood why they were doing what they were doing. And so he was calling them out. So this is what we're going to be talking about today. So you can turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse, uh, we'll be in verse 1. And in this section, Jesus is talking about good deeds, all right, he's telling us to do good deeds, and specifically, he's talking about being generous with our finances. And just to give a little context, there were three ways back then, and they're still pretty much the same three ways today, that we can be financially generous within the church. One is through tithes. That's when we give 10% of our income to the church to help the church ministry move forward. The other way is through offerings. These are gifts that go above and beyond the tithe. Uh, they're free will donations. Um, they include like special projects, supporting different ministries, uh, first fruit offerings, things like that. And then you have alms for the poor. Alms for the poor is when you give specifically to help those who are in need. All right. So today, Jesus is talking about that third way, about being generous to those who are in need. All right. So chapter six, verse one. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So today's message is titled, Doing Good, Our Motives Matter. I'm going to give us a couple of reasons why we should check our motives when we do good deeds, especially in the area of our finances. Uh, but first, let me pray, and then I'll give those to you. So God, we come to you, and we thank you. Lord, for your word that is true. Uh, Father, we thank you for the freedom that we have in this country to read about it and teach about it and learn about it, Father. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be here today. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts and minds, that you would reveal uh, any area in our heart, Lord, that is contrary to your will in our lives. And Lord, I pray that you would give me your words to speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're going to be talking about motives. Motives. Uh, you can fill this in on your handout. We should double check our good deed motives because, number one, it's easy to deceive ourselves. Isn't it easy to deceive ourselves? Um, verse 2 says, So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets 
as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. So I did a little research on this. There was a lot of theories as to what this is speaking to. Um, but at least one of the commentaries said that they thought that the religious leaders, when they, when they would be ready to give a gift to the poor, that they would actually go out on a street corner or they would go you know, in the synagogue and they would stand up and somebody would blow a trumpet to announce to the poor, hey, there's a gift. Come, come running because somebody has a gift to give. Now, if you think about it, they didn't have telephones. They didn't have radio stations. They didn't have the internet back then. And so it seemed like a, a pretty smart idea that if you wanted to give money, give gifts to the poor, you'd stand up on a street corner, blow a trumpet. It would be heard all throughout the city, right? And then the poor would come and they would get their gifts. I think that the religious leaders who practiced this had deceived themselves. You know, they, they thought, well, this makes sense. I'm just going to blow a trumpet and announce it. But in all actuality, everybody would come and see who was standing there giving gifts to the poor. And so it became more about getting the approval of man than it was actually doing the good deed. Guys, even if we fool ourselves, we can't fool God. And Jesus was here on earth, and he was just simply saying the same things that God sees. Because God knows our hearts. God knows our hearts. Many times we do things, we do them because we like the honor of man. Because let's face it, it feels good to be honored by men, doesn't it? As I was thinking about this this week, I, I went on to Facebook and I said, you know, I looked it up. I have 1,337 friends on Facebook. All right, that's what I have today. And uh, I remember when I broke 1,000, like I had over 1,000 friends on Facebook, and I was like, that feels good. I got 1,000 people who like me. That's what I thought, you know, just like... That felt pretty good. And when I post something, or when you guys post something, don't leave me hanging out here by myself. It feels good when somebody likes it, doesn't it? Like, oh, they like it. I must have said something smart. <laughs> and then, you know, if they share it, ooh, yeah, that even feels better, right? Well, I can't even imagine what it would feel like if you had a post that went viral. Can you imagine that? I've never had that, at least not for anything good, you know? Yeah. But it would be feel like, oh, all these people like. And so we can post things, Bible verses, quotes, saying we're doing that for God, right? But really, if we look down inside, why are we doing that? Why do we go back and look at it and say, well, I wonder if anyone like that or anybody shared that because it feels good to have man's approval that's a natural desire in each one of us is to be loved and appreciated and honored by others so it's easy for us to do things for the wrong reasons so i grew up uh 
and learned how to be generous. All right, I learned how to be generous with my finances. Uh, but I don't have the spiritual gift of giving. That's one of the spiritual gifts that's listed in, I believe it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 or 14. But I don't have that spiritual gift. My wife, Rose, does, though. She has the spiritual gift of giving. And so when I married her... All of a sudden, when we would go to give, like, you know, we would feel prompted to maybe help somebody, you know, give them some money or whatever. Um, Rose would say, let's do it in secret. Let's do it anonymously. I go, why? <laughs> I don't understand. Why would we give anonymously? Don't we want them to know that God prompted us to give to them? And they would, and uh, she's like, no. If we give to them, then they thank us. But if we give anonymously, then they have no one to thank but God. And it affected me because I'm like, why have I been generous all these years? Has it been to honor God and to love people, or has it been because I like people thinking I'm generous? Our motives matter. So the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and, and the teachers of the law, the religious leaders, they were the, they were the model of good deeds doers of that time. They did a lot of good deeds. And everybody looked up to them and was like, oh, we should be more like them. We should be more like them. But their deeds, most of the time, was for man's approval. And Jesus knew that, and he called them out. I want to read this section of Scripture in Matthew chapter 23, where Jesus is talking about the religious leaders. Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. Now, guys, there was nothing wrong with having phylacteries, which is like Bible verses, you know, like tied to their heads, or they, they wore tassels, but they would make theirs extra long. There was nothing wrong with people, you know, treating them with respect. It was the fact that they loved it. It was their heart that mattered. He goes on in verse 27, he says this to them. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of, full of, the, bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. See, we can look good on the outside, but only God and ourselves know what's going on on the inside, knows why we do what we do. So it's good to look on the inside. It's good to look at our, our motives because we can't deceive God, right? Can I get an amen on that? We cannot deceive God. I was reminded of the story of Ananias and Sapphira in the book of Acts. At that time, people were selling land and they were giving it to the disciples and just to further the ministry. So Ananias and Sapphira decided to sell some land and give it to the, the money to the disciples, but they held some of it back. 
This is Acts chapter 1. It says, Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. So he gave this money, but he held back some. But he said this was everything. Now Sapphira's wife comes in. They asked her, is this all the money you got from the land? And she said, yeah. And she died as well. I mean, it's a serious issue to be one thing on the outside, but really be something different on the inside. You know, I was thinking about, I was, I was like, what was Ananias and Sapphira's big mistake? Because it was their money. They could have easily sold the money, I mean, sold the land and given a portion of it and said, we're going to give you half of it or three quarters of the money. But they didn't want to do that because it would make them look cheap. Everybody else was selling land and giving the whole amount. So they cared more about man's opinion than about being honest and true to God. Because only God knew that they were being deceitful. Our motives matter. What's going on in our heart matters. So I want to take a moment because it's easy to deceive ourselves. It's easy to do that. And I want to pray and just ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us individually. So let's just pray for a moment. So God, we don't, we don't want to be like the religious leaders, the Sadducees and the teachers of the law, who I believe they were doing good deeds and they had deceived themselves into thinking they were doing it for other people. And it was only through the power of God, Jesus calling it out, that it was revealed what was happening in their hearts. So Holy Spirit, I just invite you to come into this place and to speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds. And I pray, God, that you would reveal motives behind why we do what we do. And God, if there are impure motives, Lord, we just repent of those. We repent of those. And we pray, God, that you would bring pure motives, that you would purify our hearts, God. Jesus' name, amen. So I want you to think about the last time you were financially generous. Why did you do it? What was the motive? Did you give because you thought someone might think better of you? Or was that least part of the reason why you gave? Did you give because you might feel better about yourself, helping others, or what your financial statement might look like, your giving statement at the end of the year? Or did you give out of love 
for God and compassion for others. Guys, it's easy to deceive ourselves. And I'll be honest, there's been times that I have given, and at least part of the reason I've given is to be honored by others so that they would think better about me. And it's not just about finances. Why do we do anything good for others? Is it truly to help them? Or is it because we want them to think better about us? God cares about our hearts. He cares about our motives. You can write this down. God cares more about our why than our what. I mean, he does care about what we do. That's important to him. But even more importantly, he cares about why we do what we do. And we should double-check our good deed motives, really. The next time you're doing something good, just take a look in your heart. Because, guys, it is easy to deceive ourselves. But one day in heaven, it'll all be made light, right? And it would be best if we figured out some of those things now instead of waiting till we're in, before God in heaven. And he goes, let's look at your motives. Let's look at your true motives. Let's figure it out now. Let's figure it out now. All right, that's the first point. Here's your second one. We should double-check our good need motives because a reward is in the balance. A reward is in the balance. So verse 2 says, So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Jesus is saying that if you do your good deeds in public, you will be honored by man But that's your full reward. You get your full reward. He also goes on in the next sections of Scripture. He talks about prayer, and he talks about fasting, and he says the same thing. He says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. And then uh, fasting, he says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, For they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. So when we do good deeds, when we give, pray, and fast, I mean, we will be honored by man. I mean, it it will happen. But that's the whole reward we're going to get, is to be honored by man. And that pales in comparison to God's rewards. So when we pray and give and fast in secret, we forfeit man's rewards. Nobody's going to know about it, right? And you're not going to get honored by anyone around you, but we will gain treasures in heaven. Matthew 6, 3 and 4 says, But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And then about prayer, he says, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And then verse 18, he says, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, basically do it in secret, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. The honor of man is usually, you know, a pat on the back or... 
a like, a thumbs up on Facebook. Boy, that's nothing compared to what God has for us, right? He has treasures in heaven. He actually calls them treasures in heaven. So we are all called to do good deeds. I mean, every one of us, as a follower of Jesus, we're called to do good deeds. But it's better if we're sneaky and sly and we just try to do things in secret and try to avoid everybody else even knowing what we're doing. Because when we do that, then we're storing up treasures in heaven. We forfeit man's approval, but boy, it's so worth it. Matthew 6, 19 says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I don't know what these rewards are, but I know they're going to be good. I know they're going to be good. And I believe when we're in heaven and we're having a conversation with God, and he says, oh, you remember that time that you did that good deed and you did it in front of everybody and, and everybody honored you? And you're like, yeah, I remember that. It's going to go, well, this is what you forfeit. And he's going to have some incredible treasure that we could have had in heaven. And we're like, I got that instead of this? And we're all going to wish that we had done one thing, more good deeds, right? And we're all going to wish we did more good deeds. But we're also going to wish that we did them sly and secretly so that nobody knew, so that the only honor we got was God's honor. Here's your feeling. The best reason to do a good deed is love. In all honesty, that's the best reason to do a good deed. Is love. It should not be for the honor of man. It shouldn't even be to get that reward in heaven. Because we can get all messed up again, right? We can go, well, I'm going to do these good deeds, but it's just for rewards. It's like, oh, you're getting it all wrong again. <laughs> you will get a reward. It's true. And you should probably do those good deeds in secret, so you get those eternal rewards. But we should do good deeds out of love. Love for God and love for people. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is known as the love chapter, and it talks about love. And the very beginning just talks about why we should do what we do. It says, verse 1, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love... I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Nothing. So church, let's do good deeds. All right? Let's be generous. But let's do them out of love. Love for others. Love for God. And if you can, if you can find a way, do them in secret. And if you're able to do them in secret, one day you'll thank me. 
<laughs> for urging you to do it because you'll be in heaven and go out. Receive, you'll be in heaven receiving the rewards because you didn't get any honor or reward here on earth. So that's our two points. We should double check our good deed motives because it's easy to deceive ourselves and a reward is in the balance. I'm going to invite Matt to come up here. He's going to lead us in closing prayer. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.